0: Bickley and Murata mornings
1: from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata.
2: It's the greatest show on earth.
1: Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. the oh world. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. <laughs> this is and Morada. I love this show. This is <laughs> the greatest show in the history
3: of radio. See, it's the greatest radio show ever. Vickley
2: and Morada. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, everybody. It is with great pleasure that I get to say the following two words: the two best words in the lives of morning radio folk. Happy Friday! everybody! Happy Friday! The
0: best two words in sports. Game
2: 7. <laughs> <laughs> today's going to be a little heavier of a Friday than we normally have with, with everything that went down with Tua last night. Big, heavy story going on in the mm. NFL. A lot of people taking big shots at the Cardinals. That's going to be heavy today. But I am here to tell you all, I am so looking forward to falling back in love with Major League Baseball next Next year, you have no idea. And I'm anticipating it because there's a study out that says the minor league games with pitch clocks have decreased by twenty-five minutes. Twenty-five minutes.
0: That's the difference between love and hate.
2: (laughs) When it comes to baseball, it is. No, it's the difference between two thirty-seven game of time and three twelve. Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky, I haven't gone over the whole list
0: of changes, and I, I was I was in the car the other night and I was listening to the D-backs broadcast and I heard Candy and and uh, Chris Garagiola talking about some of the changes and they're limiting how many times you can throw over to first base now. Good and good. Where changes the game? It does
2: change the game. Good. Yes. Good.
0: Yeah, is that Why the point? Do you need to they're throw to first base
2: all that time. they ever
0: accomplish? Giving away stolen bases
3: now, stolen bases, but <laughs> nobody go steals the bases roof. now. So. Yeah, but they're uh-huh. going to go through the roof now because of all these. They r- are not going to go through the roof. <laughs> 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 you watch. Uh huh. Uh huh. Ricky Henderson. Right, let's watch. make a bet watch right. Out. Let's make a bet right now. What What will lead the league in stolen bases? What number? What number? number? Because I. What I is it now? It's, it's in the 30s this year, isn't it? So I bet you not more than 50.
0: I would take over 50.
2: Over 50? Yes. All right. Lunch Jay, bet. It's a bet. It's a lunch bet. Jake McCarthy's going to yeah. be with the D-backs big
0: club all year long, man.
2: T- uh, <laughs> ban throwing over to first base. Love the I. Love the I. Give him one throw. Ban? Give him one throw per at bat or whatever, or inning or something. <laughs> I hate it. No, the guy man, could just start walking feelings. to second base.
3: <laughs>
2: no, you, no, the pitcher can turn around and throw to second base. Nobody
3: man. could. He could just stand in the middle in between. Come on. You're changing the game completely. It's, I'm kind of on Jarrett's side here. I do like the. No. And there's a bigger no. base no. now, too. I don't know no. What, no. what that does. No,
2: if he's standing in between, then you can throw it to the second baseman. Just you can't throw it to the first <laughs> baseman. <laughs> Who's on 25 first? 45 minutes off the game with the pitch clock. Sign me up for that. I can't wait to see what that looks like. All I'm right, gonna work. Okay, okay. All right, you're dead.
3: The leader is 38 right now, oh, so is it? Now, yeah.
0: We need to work now on uh, shortening the length of this show. Yeah,
2: 25 <laughs> minutes. Let's get this. Down, no, let's that. get this
0: down to three hours. I say. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> like That's a that. baseball game.
1: That's good. I like
2: it. <laughs> All right, Jared. Bigger bases for
1: this show. The splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The, the splash. 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 <laughs> The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Final day
0: of practice today for the Arizona Cardinals before they head to Charlotte for Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers at Bank of America Stadium. Veterans Kelvin Beecham, Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz were all back on the field Thursday. At practice, center Rodney Hudson, guard Justin Pugh are both back but limited. Defensive lineman J.J. Watt did not participate for a second straight day with a calf uh, issue and an illness, according to the official injury report. Zavin Collins, James Conner, Greg Dortch, Rondale Moore, Matt Prater, all limited as well. Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph also said that cornerback Trayvon Mullen will see action on defensive snaps Sunday for the first time since he was acquired from the Raiders in the preseason. Mullen played eight special team snaps last week against the Rams. For Carolina, Christian McCaffrey missed his second straight day of practice with a quad injury, but there is a report this morning that says uh, there's optimism he Mm. will be able to play on Sunday. Uh, Defensive end Marquise Haynes and wide receiver LaVisca Chenault also missed Thursday. Sunday's game gets underway at 1.05. You can hear all the action right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, with pregame
2: coverage beginning at 8.30 a.m. Big game for the Arizona Cardinals for a lot of reasons. We've covered a lot of them coming into the show. There was a lot of stuff said yesterday that really ups the ante. Really ups the ante, Perceptually for this football team.
0: Yeah, just kind of a bunch of arrows coming in at the arrows oh, on the yeah, Cardinals. Oh, yeah, coming in hot. Too, and, I'm, and I'm not saying they're not deserved at this uh, point, but yes. it's not just us that are no. noticing these right, things. Right, exactly. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals knocked off the Miami Dolphins from the uh, ranks of the unbeaten on Thursday night, 27-15. Joe Burrow threw for 287 yards and two touchdowns, including a 59-yarder to T. Higgins. But the result of the game has taken a backseat to the Tua Tungavailoa injury. In the second quarter, Two. 20- was sacked by Bengals defensive lineman Josh Tupo, thrown to the turf. While on the turf, cameras caught Tua having what is called fencing response, where his arms were extended and hands locked and awkwardly positioned. This is common in people who have suffered a concussion. He was taken off the field on a stretcher and to a local hospital, where apparently he was released Thursday night and flew back home with the team. Of mm-hmm. course, Tua was already in the spotlight for a play last week against Buffalo, where he was knocked down to the ground by Matt Milano, got up, appeared wobbly and fell on his way back to call the next play, left the game, but came back the Dolphins called it a back injury, and many doubted that, while many others were dismayed that Viloa was playing last night just four days after that incident. So yes. There's it, a lot to chew oh on Oh, my here. goodness.
2: The confluence of it all, too. It, it it's The story has a lot of tentacles, including playing football on Thursday night. Because that comes back into play as well. It, it you're right. It comes back into play as well, because if you're dealing with guys coming out of a out of a rough Sunday, that's not a lot of recovery time. So there's a lot of stuff circulating. The NFLPA is... An, is is investigating this matter. Uh, the Dolphins are claiming we did nothing at all wrong. This is, uh, yeah, this is. you know what it was, Vinny? It was a visual. That that fencing, coping mechanism, that's what got it was a horrifying moment on a football game, and we haven't seen one of those like that in a while.
3: No,
0: his fingers were so contorted, contorted that I thought he broke all the fingers on his head. That's what it yeah. looked like. Yeah.
3: yeah. You see it sometimes in boxing, if you've ever seen somebody get a bad knock, out yes, but they're wearing gloves so you can't see their fingers. But they do the the arm some, extension. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was
0: very uncomfortable. It was
3: really, really hard to watch. Yeah,
0: uh, and it was really hard to watch 58 times with all the replays. But, they showed. you know, that's and prime. there's
2: well, there's a lot of people debating that. There's a lot of people saying that we didn't need to see that Amazon. What are you doing, Amazon? And then there's a lot of people are saying, you know what, that was a real unvarnished look at what the NFL is yeah, that because that's true this too. was not your traditional network partner. They were not as in on the okay. Let's let's get past this. Let's not talk about this. <laughs> let's get back to the yeah, game. Remember it's how many times
0: Monday Night Football replayed the Joe Theismann leg break Ooh. when that happened? Yeah, <laughs> they oh. played that thing like, like a from th-
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Napoleon McCallum. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday's game between the Chiefs and Bucks will remain in Tampa. The league announced yesterday the city uh, was mostly spared from the destructive Hurricane Ian, which slammed the state's coast this week. Had a move been needed, the game would have been played in Minneapolis, but it'll kick off in Tampa Sunday evening at 5:20 Arizona time. On the college football schedule this weekend, it's another tough one for the Arizona State Sun Devils. They travel to LA to face number six USC. The Trojans are a 25 and a half point favorite over the Sun Devils, who are trying to avoid their first one and four start since 1976. Kickoff is at 7.30. ESPN's got the national broadcast. You can hear it here with uh, Tim Healy and Jeff Van Rapphorst on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Beginning of pregame coverage at 5.00. Arizona hosts Colorado and Tucson tomorrow at 6.30 on Pac-12 Network. And NAU is on the road at Portland State. That game kicks off at
2: 2.00. I can't ever remember ASU being a 25 and a half point underdog. I would think that this week's game would be easier for them. I mean, they're not as good as Utah, right? Mm, they're ranked higher. They, got, they have a lot more offensive firepower. Okay. Just beat Oregon State. They did struggle with Oregon State last week. Oregon State, State is, a,
0: week. is a tough place to play and a pretty good team. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I, it
3: might be a bloodbath. You
2: are the Pac-12 guru. Where's the guru?
0: (laughs)
3: That's the phrase of the week.
0: (laughs) Suns continuing camp in Phoenix, and not that he needed to, but Monty Williams did confirm Thursday that Cam Johnson will be the starting four for the Suns this season. Johnson averaged 16.3 points and shot 42% from three-point range in 16 starts last season for the Suns. They've got an open practice tomorrow at Footprint Center at 11, and they host the Adelaide 36ers of the NBL Sunday night. In their preseason opener, that game will tip off at 7, and you can hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Um, (laughs) I wonder how Monty Williams told
2: Cam Johnson the news. Yeah, they have he a to- conversation. You you told him? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's got any issues communicating with Cam Johnson. Have yeah. they spoken? Have they spoken? <laughs> yeah, I think they've spoken. D-backs in San Francisco for the next three
0: games at Oracle so Park funny. starting tonight. Merrill Kelly on the hill for Arizona facing Alex Cobb. That game gets underway at 7.15 with pregame coverage starting at 6.30 on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Uh, it was a note passing. Cam, do you want to start at the 4 check, yes or no? Yeah, that's what it was. With the hearts
4: for the check boxes.
0: Uh, There you go. There's your splash for the final day of September, if you can believe it, here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, Cardinals getting ready for a big game against a team that's got their number in the Carolina Panthers. We'll get into some of the Thursday developments with the cards next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
5: Um, I think, guys, uh, I mean, obviously, when you don't start fast, you start to press um, just to get in the rhythm it's not only to score like have huge plays it's just to try and find ways to get in the rhythm and early in games we just got to do a better job of letting the game come to us whether it be myself whether it be the online whether it be the quarterback the receivers uh, we just got to do our job I mean this the, the guys are the plays are there to be made um, whether it be catching the ball whether it be picking the right guy whether it be blocking the right protection um uh, Guys don't need to do too much. Um, And when you're kind of in a rut, especially early on, coming off training camp, you want things to go start fast, start fast, start fast. And sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And so guys don't need to press. Guys just need to focus on the plays, um, do their job. Uh, I know it's so cliche after Bill said it about a thousand times, um, but it's so true. Guys just need to focus on doing their job, being the best version of themselves each and every day. And that will translate on Sundays. Zach Ertz tight end for the Arizona Cardinals
0: on uh, Cliff uh, Cliff Kingsbury's comments on, you know, getting off to a fast start uh, that remains a theme for the Arizona Cardinals. Will we see their first fast start of 2022? And what does that mean? We know last year, and no, this is not the same football team, but last year when the Cardinals were able to get off to good starts, they were able to coast in a lot of football games and impose their will. And we have not seen anything resembling that so far this did season. You,
2: did you see the start of the Bengals-Dolphins game? Did you see the opening drives mm-hmm. for each team, by mm-hmm. the way? Okay. Uh, again, that that's what we should see with regularity from the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, Mike McDaniel, uh, the new head coach of Miami, who uh, spent many years working for the 49ers, uh, what he did on that opening drive. I I didn't know this, but every skilled player on the Dolphins offense was lined up at a different spot on every single Mm -hmm. play. Yeah, (laughs) Every single play. So, so on that opening drive, you just made the Bengals' heads explode. Because now they got to. Oh, okay. What? What? And then people will say, "Oh, so, well, look at that fast start." Wouldn't you? Know, what did it
0: lead to? They lost the game. Well, well, they also the, lost their the, quarterback right, in the well, middle of the it, game. Exactly. Yeah. But,
2: but what I'm I'm just hyper focusing on fast starts because this football team now has has made this a thing. Well, Falling behind um, in games, dominated in opening quarters of games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to to apply
0: that, what what Mike McDaniel did last night, Mike McDaniel's getting a lot of heat this morning. It's not for any of his offensive acumen. No. There is that. No. But, uh, you know... Let's say Carolina um, is JC Horn going to follow around Hollywood Brown? You know, is he going to travel with Hollywood Brown? He's not going to have to travel far. when that huddle breaks, he yeah. knows exactly where to go. Right? Hollywood Brown's going to line up on the left Down side, left
3: hand and, side, and not going motion. Right? So they're so, figuring it out, Vinny. <laughs> 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 it's week four. Give them a break. It's a long season. <laughs> That's right.
2: The guys I'm are sorry. getting better, Vinny. Where they're just they're they're getting better. They're working at it. Yeah. This this is uh this is a real this is really um go, a statement week for this football team. This is really a referendum on their competence, is what this is. And it's, they better perform. Because not only are local people starting to lose their minds a little bit with this team, this leadership group leading it, Mm -hmm. but national people are starting to get involved as well and we're going to get into that later but it's this is something where you're going to need Kyler Murray you know it's interesting one of the takeaways from that game last night is after that two injury you're like oh sure Kyler's not going to want to run now I mean because two is a smaller quarterback and and it's uh, uh, this is something that Kyler needs to uh, sort of implement to Sunday's game on some level he really does, because this offense is very, very predictable, and, and they're going to have to find a way out of this maze that they're in.
0: Yeah, um, totally agree. Uh, and part of that, too, is establishing a running game outside of Kyler Murray, maybe getting ahead, being able to lean a little more heavily on James Conner and the other running backs. I mean, they got a pretty good running back stable that they've not been able to employ because of... Uh, game conditions to this point. Uh, James Conner talked to the media yesterday and was asked about Kyler Murray's comments about bad ball, bad football last week. Here was uh, James Conner elaborating. Bad ball is just, you
5: know, not executing. Um, not executing. Maybe, you know, some some penalties, you know, false starts and um, just miscommunication up front or, or however, however it goes. You know, just, um, just not our best ball. You know, we're a very talented team and we know that. So uh, anytime we play bad ball, we just got to execute better. You know, you can have all the talent, but you need to
0: yeah, I think there's something key in what James Conner said right there. We're a very talented team, and we know it. That's the way they've operated so yeah. far. Yeah. We're going to show up and our talent will carry us through, even against three playoff teams from last year to start mm-hmm. the season, which is kind of a puzzling approach. Now, is that bad ball correctable, James Conner?
5: It's very correctable. It's very correctable. Like I said, you know, we've got a lot of football left ahead of us, um, but it's just, well, it's just what we're dealing with right now, and it's not the, the necessarily a bad thing or, or a good thing. It's just something that we're just dealing with. you know. So we just that's what we come to work to correct it. Correcting
2: bad no, ball checklist correct. point number one. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and so, you, so you wonder though, how much do they really believe what they're saying this week? Because you think about how rampant the optimism was in the preseason, and and we talked with you know ad nauseum about how how. Uh, Repetitive and predictable, it is the teams speak like this. When, when you put forth performances like the Cardinals have, the belief starts to leave the room. Mm -hmm. And it's not gone yet, but that's, that's another thing that they have to do. I, I think, and I know that Wolf really believes this, that the football game on Sunday starts with attacking the line of scrimmage with a little more intensity and a little more ferocity than they've done. Now, why that has been the case with an offensive line and, and, and a team that, you know, allegedly was going to try to be more physical at all times this year. I don't know, but but I think especially if the weather is bad, they are going to have to bring a real attitude to this game and hope that attitude kind of lifts them to a better place. Mm-hmm. And with uh,
0: you know game conditions, field conditions that might be less than ideal with all the rain the North Carolina area is getting. You know, there, there's going to be featured uh, a feature on the running backs. Christian McCaffrey, Ian Rappaport put it out there today. He's mispracticed twice this week with a quad injury, but there's a lot of optimism that he'll be able to play on Sunday and he's a lot to deal with. Here was Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, yesterday talking about Christian
1: McCaffrey. He is a special player, you know, watching him on tape. And obviously last year's game, having 11 catches against us for over 60 yards was obviously uh, not good for us. But he's a special player. And he's he's still, if if he pops, I mean, he can make a big play. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, he was here. He had about 20 yards rushing. Going to the fourth quarter, he popped a 70-yarder. You know, so he is capable of making big plays in a running pass game alike and that makes him dangerous you know and obviously in a red zone having a plan for him to cover him with with like skill and not put him on big backers is obviously a plan for us
0: yeah and is Vance jo- Joseph expecting to see Christian McCaffrey absolutely absolutely yeah I, I expect to see him too how effective he is we'll find out
2: yeah uh but yeah that's what a uh, rough deal for that offense to have a player that dynamic and to have his availability always up in the air It's really, it's a
0: shame. It's It's kind of like the running back uh, version of DeAndre Hopkins at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Key to the offense, apparently. Uh, Yeah, so uh, we'll have a lot more breakdown of Cardinals, Panthers coming up on this uh, football Friday. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast, and it's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley Get a higher price selling your home get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, uh, Thursday night football. The Bengals get a win, but everybody's talking about what happened to Tua Vailoa, a visceral reminder of the ugly side of professional football. We'll get into all of it next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: Bickley and Murata, presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
0: That was an emotional moment. Um, that is not part of the deal that anyone signs up for. Even though you you know it's a possibility in football to have something that you have to get taken off and on a stretcher is uh, you know all of his teammates, myself, we we're all um, very very concerned. So the the best news that we could get is that everything is checked out. Um, that he didn't. Uh, have any anything more serious than um, a, a concussion? Will be uh, he'll be flying back with us here on the plane. It's Mike McDaniel, um, sounding very tired in uh, <laughs> his postgame he's press got conference. A, he's got a unique delivery. He does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, talking he's... about the Tua Tagovailoa situation in the second quarter last night, he was thrown to the turf by Josh Tupou of uh, Cincinnati and was on the field for about ten minutes. Mike McDaniel is getting heat for a lot of reasons, and he's getting heat for some of the language he used in that soundbite. Uh, the, the, the language he used there, we're lucky it was nothing more serious than a right. concussion, kind of right. glazing over yeah. uh, the fact that a concussion is a traumatic brain injury. Right. But that's how commonplace it's become. In, in, in the NFL, and this is on the heels of the handling of Tua Tunga-Vailoa, which turned a whole lot of people off last week. In fact, um, Chris Nowinski, who is a uh, Dr. Ph.D. on Twitter, uh, he's also the uh, founder and CEO of Concussion Legacy Foundation. Former <laughs> WWE wrestler. Former WWE wrestler, but uh, he tweeted out several hours before the game yesterday. In response to an NFL tweet that was pubbing up the fact that Tua was going to be on the field. If Tua takes the field tonight, it's a massive step back for concussion care in the NFL. If he has a second concussion that destroys his season or career, everyone involved will be sued and should lose their jobs, coaches included. We all saw it. Even they must know this isn't right. That's referring back to last week. When he was wobbly,
2: visibly wobbly, left the field, they termed it a back injury right. and cleared him to play last right. night. Right. The, uh, listen, this is, it's a fascinating story for a lot of reasons, but mostly because there was a time when, when concussion protocol was dealt with the utmost, um, severity and diligence, and because the whole idea was to flush out football players who either wanted To get back into games or felt pressure to get back into games after concussions. These were supposed to be guardrails to prevent concussed football players from getting back onto a football field. What we saw last Sunday against Buffalo, Tua was tackled, his head slammed off the turf. Mm -hmm. He got up and his legs buckled. And we've all seen that with guys who've been cuss, concussed before. So the Dolphins are like, no, 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 that was a back injury. And Tua came out and and, and corroborated that. Yep, my back lock, locked up on me, and, and that's what that was, and I did it, and I fell to my knees. But what we saw with our eyes was a concussion because we've seen it because we lived through the era when this was the number one priority in the NFL. So people are looking, okay, now we've advanced to 2022. Have we forgotten the point? Have we lost the thread of this whole thing? It's, it's also ironic to me that when CTE became a thing, when we finally learned that these were not Stingers, that this, these are not getting your bell rung, mm-hmm. that these are not things that you mess with, and that they affect different people differently. There are people, and I I, I believe too, is one of these guys, there are people who, who incur concussions, but they can flush them quickly. There are people who are in a fog for weeks. And it's genetic. I've done a lot of research on this. I know what I'm talking about with this. It's genetic. And a doctor could look at all four of us in this room right now, do a test on us, and tell us how predisposed we are to concussions and how predisposed we are to to, to having them linger and compound themselves, Mm -hmm. all that. Okay, so we know all of that. So Tool might be one of these guys that can flush it. But you can't let him on the field because if that was a concussion against the Bills, which it looked like, then what we saw last night was an extension of that first event. Because when you don't allow your brain to heal, you are more vulnerable for more and more concussions. And the more you receive in succession, the more dangerous they get and the more long-term damage they cause. And so this is why the PA is involved in this. They're looking, okay, what exactly was your protocol here? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who are the doctors in charge here? Who was looking over this? Because we know the NFL, NFL doctors, they haven't always been – Above board, yeah, operating that's with the word. integrity. Yeah. yeah, right. That's the word. They've, they they very frequently in the past. Look, their job is to protect, but it's also to get players back on the field. Yes,
0: yeah. that, let's be honest. You have about to remember
3: it. who pays them. Yeah,
2: but le- especially if the player is is deeply involved and wants to go back. And who is that guy? Well, two, and, and I. Jerry's back there shaking his head. I'm not buying any of this. No,
3: no, no. It's not that I'm not buying any. I just think it's sort of like a little dangerous because we watched something happen on tv that we're diagnosing yeah that's definitely had a concussion cuz i saw that instead of like you know sure, i'm sure. i'm trying to be hopeful that it wasn't so nefarious that he obviously had a concussion and they covered it up so that he could play five days later? Let's
0: go down this road and and we'll go down the Jarrett Carlin
3: road. Let's say it wasn't a concussion. Let's say it was a back injury that caused his
0: legs to buckle. Four days later, he's playing an NFL game. Fast forward to the play where Tua gets hurt. If you go back and watch that play, there was nobody around Tua within 20 yards of him for a good portion of that play and nobody got open. But he looked... Physically unable to ev- evade a one-man rush from a 340-pound lineman, was he healthy enough with a back injury to be playing? Oh, that's, and that that's g- then again points the you know the, the onus on Thursday Night Football. We should all feel dirty for watching. Yes. It. Because
2: it's yes. it's it's not it it's not humane, and yet and yet people will tell you that from the beginning of the CTE era, when 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 uh, there was just a, a dawn a renaissance era for concussion research, all of a sudden the lights went on and people like saw it for what it was. There were people who wondered if this was going to kill America's appetite for football. Mm-hmm. It's gone mm-hmm. the exact opposite. The of Will Smith movie, remember? Yeah. this is going to take down the NFL. On the exact. Had- Opposite, it's almost nothing. An no, it's more of an obsession than it was back then. More of an obsession, and so this is one of those moments where we kind of look and go, okay, we got to remember that this foot, that this sport, that's what this sport is. Yes,
0: but it's it's also a a very very delicate balancing act too. You're right. I mean, go back to do you remember the movie The Last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis? The whole theme of that movie was that pe- people didn't want to watch football anymore. That was kind of at the whole gist of it. Well, and then you have the concussion movement. Somebody That's shot gonna,
3: someone on the football that, field in that movie. That, is that what it was? Yeah. yeah okay. That's going
0: to take down the NFL. The only thing that will take down the NFL is in it, terms of, of uh, actual interest level dipping in this country is if you take the physicality out of the game. Yeah, if you right. if they pass a rule that says you can't hit
2: the quarterback anymore, well, people will stop watching. I yes, and I would say people have long forecast if if a player ever dies on the field, knock on wood, wood god forbid, it would kill the sport literally. And I, I think it's just the opposite. I think if a player actually died on the field, the element of danger would only increase f- football. Because the reaction to football post-CTE proves it.
3: Yeah. And we, yeah. You know, there was for a long stand, why do people watch NASCAR? They watch NASCAR to see the, the crashes. Wrecks, yeah. People have died in NASCAR. People have been paralyzed in football on the yeah, field. Right. And it hasn't hurt, right. hurt viewership
2: or anything. Right. Yeah, it's it just it was one of those moments, and it wasn't just the visual of Tua leaving on the stretcher. It was that it was that fencing coping mechanism the the fingers uh-huh. raised up and distorted.
3: Nobody's ever seen that, but it also felt very visceral because, like you guys were saying. Going into the game, everybody was thinking in the back of their mind, should he even be playing? I know. So they were sort of just waiting for something to happen, and then something did happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, well, yeah. We, we have seen something like this in the NFL, but
0: it wasn't a very well-known player. 2017, Tom Savage was playing quarterback for, for the Houston Texans, got thrown down in a similar fashion, had that same that same fencing response. Really? And you can go back and read about I it. It, was, it. It was only five years ago, but again, it was Tom Savage. Now that it's a high profile player in a high profile Thursday night game, that uh, everybody, if you're watching football, you're watching that game, unless uh, you're watching BYU and Utah State for some reason. <laughs> uh, that This draws more eyes to it. Yeah, it does. Now, the NFL, and we've been critical of this too, they're. Uh, their very gradual takeover of the calendar, the weekly calendar, the monthly calendar, the yearly calendar has been going on for years. Is this part of it? Will the NFL ever be willing to say no thanks to Thursday night football revenue? I i don't think the answer to that is yes. Sorry. It all boils no. down to money. No, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that was the third, that was actually what the, the yeah, the third game broadcast in this thir- new Thursday night package on Prime.
2: Right the uh, and just and you you're right and you look at the raw numbers that that NFL games are doing it's insane what kind of viewership numbers they are posting routinely whatever game whenever it is boom 18 million people 20 million people 26 million people. You get yeah. a really good one. You get forty-three million people. It, it's and that it was yeah. actually, you know, that it was it marred a pretty
0: good game last night too. Uh, you know, after that delay, it was hard to watch. It's hard to get back into the game, but it, it was a pretty I, entertaining that, football game. That was
2: my emotion exactly. Yeah, like that I really had a difficult time, kind of get, emotionally, getting past that mm-hmm. incident. Coming up next, the starting power forward for your Phoenix
0: Suns, Cam, Cam Johnson. Johnson? Uh, we'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Friday at 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings.
4: We have changed the rotation. We have changed a few of our personnel pieces uh, or people. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's... I think there's an opportunity for us to grow, for sure. Just putting Cam in the starting lineup has created a different level of you know, opportunity for everybody else. But I think that's, that part's exciting. So we have to see. You know, like, like we all know, the West is a beast. The East is, the you know, crazy these days. So, you know, you'll be tested right away. That's
0: Monty Williams, head coach of the Suns. Yeah, Cam Johnson will be in the starting five this season for the Phoenix Suns, as we expected. I mean, you didn't have to be a real sleuth to figure that out with the whole Jay Crowder situation. Jay Crowder, you know, wanting out. Out because uh, uh, he wasn't going to be a starter, at least partially uh, part of the the issue. But uh, I think Suns fans are excited about this. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of reason to be excited about the development of Cam Johnson last year. And yeah. due to injury and COVID concerns, we did get to see him in 16 games as a starter. Uh, and that last game as a starter, uh, before he got injured, Against the New York Knicks, man, that was a a sign of things to come. So I, I think there's a lot to be excited about. Now, does it fix all the problems that the Suns have or issues that they might have? Does Cam Johnson improve you as a rebounding team? I'm not sure. No. He talked about needing to be much better than he has yeah. in his previous uh, NBA career in that area. Now as a starter,
2: but uh, he's got a, he's got a lot of upside still. The the two items that you just discussed are both very real and accurate, but they do not have to be related. You can be excited about this because because Cam Johnson is a popular player in this town. Not as much as Mikhail Bridges, but he's not mm-hmm. that far behind. I agree because he's homegrown. He's a good dude. He's well spoken. He's a nice guy. He and McHale and Campaign and I think up until this point, Da, they they make the Suns really feel. Like the community matters because they they're very accessible. They don't mind going out and mingling with the unwashed masses. You know what I mean? They don't mind. And and superstar NBA players, they are they're, they're a few they are a few steps removed from you know the rest of us. You you don't necessarily oh, a, a few yeah right. You don't necessarily get to reach out and touch them metaphorically. I Let's mean. put it this
0: way: LeBron right. James is not showing up to sing karaoke at the it, Vine. That's the point. That's
2: <laughs> my point. Right. And these, I've seen right. Cam Johnson walk into the sports bar down the street. Right. I that, mean, right. that's not happening with and if, others. And if you walked up to Cam Johnson at a sports bar and said, are you Cam Johnson? <laughs> He'd say, yeah, man. How you doing? Good. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it, these guys matter to us because they're because they are us. And they feel that way, and and that hasn't been lost on the fan base. So I I think a lot of people are excited to see this. I think that Cam Johnson represents in some with um, a couple other guys. The best hope for the Phoenix Suns that even though this team has not added significant pieces, that they've got internal pieces with really untapped potential. And I think, I think Cam Johnson's one of those guys. I mean, his athleticism, it, it, it blew us all away when we first saw it. The first time he started hammering home those driving dunks when we were like, wait a minute, who gave him those, that elevator hops, you know? Yeah. And we were like, whoa, what? Right, the reaction
0: when Eddie Johnson said Cam Johnson is by far the most athletic exactly. player on this team. Exactly, we we're uh, like, what? Yeah, Monty yeah. Williams kind of talked about that too yesterday. That you know, Cam Johnson is known for being a shooter. I uh, was one of the top three point shooters in the league last year, but he says, yeah, more than that.
4: Yeah, I think as I've said <laughs> ad nauseum, I think he's more than a shooter. Right, you know I mean he's. He's got playmaking, he has uh, the ability to, you know, be a a connector because he's a willing passer, and his athletic ability is... Is something that most people don't talk about. I have to think about the dunk he had in Cleveland, uh, the reverse dunk that he he, he, he dunked on, but he, he, he dunked on a guy. That he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Defensively is where I told him he has to um, draw the line in the sand if you would, when he's guarding smaller guys or some of these dynamic guys that he's got to guard. Uh, conversely, I, I think about those guys having to guard him. You know, and that, that's something that is exciting when you think about how that could open up our offense.
0: Yeah, Cam Johnson himself also spoke to the media yesterday, commented on uh, being now in the starting five.
5: Uh, it's been good so far. Um, Last three of the day. It's not like I, I've never played with that group before. Um, I mean, shoot, my first year was attorney camp, Kelly, and. Um, we I did every first year, first year bubble, second year,
0: last year, so it's not completely new. Um it's just getting acclimated to playing with that group
5: full time first year. It's the only chance.
3: How is it in decades, decades of getting sound? They've never figured out a better way than right next to a series of dribbling basketballs. Well, some that, people, some like people find that
2: noise soothing, and I'm one of them. I don't know why.
3: Even when you're trying to listen to a play <laughs> It's talk. just hard to hear them talk. Yeah,
2: no, I, I I, acknowledge that, obviously. It's funny,
0: you can you can almost feel Kellen getting closer to Cam Johnson. <laughs> right, that's, yeah, that's the point. end of it. Uh, another note, uh, th- there was this note uh, that came out on hoopswire.com yesterday about Jay Crowder. And well, we know the situation, he's still working on a trade. Uh, Gambo offered a name and we'll throw that out there in a second. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, a GM in the league said, I'd be very hesitant to trade for Jay Crowder. Uh, the quote was, he's a nice player, a veteran who has won someone who can help you in that three and D aspect, but I'd be real hesitant to get a guy who wants traded simply because he was told he'd have to earn his starting spot. That's not a team player. no. I wonder how pervasive that thought is around executives around the league. I mean, let's face it. The Suns are in a small group of teams that can contend for a championship, and he wants out because of that reason.
2: Right, I, I think he's looking at this a little differently. I think Jay Crowder's sensibility is that he is he and he alone has gotten himself to where he is in the NBA, and he's repeatedly say, said that 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 this is a journey of his own making. He's very very proud of the career he's put together, and so to me that is uh, that's something, Vinny. Where I think when you look at this instance, I, I I think you look at Jay Crowder and he sees okay, if I I'm in a contract year, and if I'm on the bench, bench perceptually statistically it is going to hurt my ability to to get one more contract out of this career and i think he's hardcore about that now i do i do i think it's do i think it's appropriate in this situation i do not i think there's a good thing going on here and and he should be cool about this but he's not and and i think that the, the bottom line here is that the rest of the league i don't think the rest of the league would hold this against him if he were a better player. But he's just not that good.
3: But he does have a reputation, he's though, good. over years of being a championship-type player, though. Right.
0: I'm not saying this to, to, to demean Jay Crowder I, what I, he I, does, I, but the writing is on the wall for a guy in that it, with his skill set at his age, 32. When this contract is up, he's not getting another three-year deal. He's going to be a one-year right. player
2: for right. different teams and hop around much like we're seeing from P.J. Tucker, right. who's much older than Jay Crowder. So I think this might be something of a rude awakening for him because he has been so associated with winning that he's one of these pieces that you need. And if you have, you're going to love him and you're going to love what he brings to you besides the numbers. And and so I, uh, uh, to, to me, I think that the, the lack of, of tradability of him is quite something. Because I think this—if there was a market, if there was demand, the Suns would have dealt him already. Yeah, um, but I, I think it's just—I think it's—you get a lot of good stuff, but he's not a top-tier player. No, he's he, probably not a second-tier. He's player. a glue guy. He's a glue and guy. The teams right. need that. The Suns need
0: that. Uh, Gambo threw out a couple things yesterday on Twitter. Said uh, wouldn't consider Dallas to be in the running for a Jay Crowder trade uh, because we had mentioned maybe like a Davis bertons earlier. Uh, So that doesn't look unlikely, uh, look likely, but he did mention the Cleveland Cavaliers who might have some interest Mm -hmm. in Jay Crowder. He's played there before and a name coming back could be Jetty Osman, uh, 6'7 forward, good shooter, really good offensive player and actually had two great games against the Suns last year. So, I mean, he could help. Does he cure all the ills? No. Does he have the same skill set as Jay Crowder? No, but... They can't. Uh, they can't just trade Jay Crowder to get him off this roster. They got to get something of value back.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I hope they find it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really so do. I. I hope they do. So I mean, to, so to me, I think. But I. I think the long and the short of it is, I think Cam Johnson deserves this opportunity, I, and I think the Suns need to give it to him mm-hmm. because you need to foster this. Yeah, we've seen the ceiling of Jay Crowder. We have not seen the ceiling of Cam Johnson. We have not. That's a great way to put it. Coming up next, Cardinals criticism. It's not just coming from this show. Now it's coming from all
1: avenues
0: nationally. Oh, oh boy. We'll tell you what some of the uh, criticism said next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.